Now, back to the Bill Shank Show on Sports Radio 93.1 WXKO, thesuperstations.com. Three, 27 minutes after the hour. Thank you very much for being with us. We're at the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame Museum. Let's talk a little bit with Anthony Dasher from UGASports.com. Hey, Dash, how are you doing? Hey, Bill, doing well. Hey, the uh, the baseball team getting ready to get back in action now with uh, the, with Princeton, yeah. uh, for a four game set, and and of course that's after Georgia won two or three from Jacksonville State last weekend for the first action of the new year. What were your thoughts on what you saw in those first three games? Well, the starting pitch at least the first weekend was a uh, a little bit concerning, I guess, just because of how. <laughs> How uh, uncharacteristically wild the uh, you know, started starting pitchers were. Really, the whole you know, not just not just the Jaden Woods and Lynn Sullivan, but a couple of the other guys as well. You know, I think it was what eight hit batters in the over the over the first three games, and uh, and neither you know Liam or Jaden were able to get out of the uh, anybody able to make it to the third inning. And you know, that's something they've got to you know got to be able to do. It's just like you know Major League Baseball. If you can't get past you know. Third, fourth, fifth end, you're going to be in, in trouble. So that's what I'm looking from today. Jaden's back on the mound. I know he's kind of he's very anxious to kind of get back on track, and that's going to be the, the biggest thing. But offensively, I think the team's going to be you know very very good. It's a strong lineup. Uh, I think he's got a lot of power. I score a bunch of runs, but again, just going to going to depend on the pitching and how effective those guys can be. Yeah, Jaden Woods, of course, from Houston County here in Middle Georgia. They they are just. We're going to rely on him so much this year, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just think this just pitching in general is always slow to go, it seems, out of the gate. I mean, we were just laughing before the break, Dash, about Georgia Tech and their pitching woes, uh, giving up a ton of runs per game. And yeah. you almost have yeah. to get through the first couple of weeks and try to survive and hopefully get your pitching going as the weather gets warmer, don't you? Yeah, exactly, and you know, right now, uh, you know, your starting pitchers are on pitch counts of about seventy-five. We may see them go a little past that this weekend, but it's usually two or three weekends before these the starting pitchers, especially, kind of kind of find their groove a little bit. Because uh, again, they've really only got like three and a half weeks to prepare. You know, from from Jan- from uh, you know early February, you know, late January, early February to, to once the season you know gets underway. So it takes the stars, I think, a little bit more time, but. Again, control stuff. I just got to need to be more aggressive. I think in the count. That's what uh, Coach Strickland was talking about. You know, some yesterday. If they can do that, those strikes early in the count, I think it's going to help them a lot. Anthony Dasher, our guest, UGAsports.com. Dash, the basketball team will be hosting Missouri tomorrow, and uh, obviously they've had two tough losses in a row here after the 32-point loss to Arkansas. Uh, we, we've mm-hmm. talked about, okay, let's squeeze out another win or two here before the end of the re- regular season. Can they do it? I think they can. I mean, Georgia has played extremely well at home. I mean, if they were to somehow win these uh, two home games, Missouri and Florida, you know that Georgia would set the school record for home wins in the season? <laughs> I mean, seriously, if they were to somehow pull that off. So, you know, the, the, the road games and losses at, you know, at A&M and Alabama, the, you know, at, at Kentucky, you know, last week at Arkansas, I mean, I mean, not much you can say. It's been blowouts. It's just been, you know, regular butt kickings. Uh, but I mean, at home, this team has played played decently. They just got the, 
you know, I think get back to at least attempting to play some defense. So they have been some at times this year. They've been able to play some good defensive basketball. We've seen them have some success. So if they can, uh, you know, get that kind of turned around. I think they got a shot this week. Well, that would be really good because I, I mean, they've got to know that the fans are very happy with the improvement, but they also yeah. want to try to finish strong. I mean, they they, oh, they no want doubt. some good th- good things going into the all season, regardless of when that starts, don't they? Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, you want to end the season with a, a good tasting mouth. Again, I think they've got a chance to, to, to do that. I mean, again, I think Missouri game, the Florida game here in, in segment are, are winnable. And then they close the season on the road to South Carolina, which, you know, almost, you know, beat Alabama the other day, but still, still it's a team that's last place in the SEC, you know, right now. So, you know, if, if, if this thing could, I'll put it this way, if this thing could 18 wins, you know, after last year, I think that would be a tremendous accomplishment. And I think really give Coach uh, White something to build on for next season. No, no question about that. That's that's for sure. Well, we hope they they can do that. Hey, Dash, a couple weeks ago I asked you about Jamon Dumas Johnson and said, look, yeah. uh, no knock on him, but uh, is he going to be pushed for playing time because of, of the talent behind him, like Jalen Walker and others that are just going to be pushing for playing time no matter what at that inside linebacker spot. He's not going to help himself to hold his position if he goes racing in, in Athens again. He's, he's got a he, – he's a leader for this team. He's got to step up and not do things like that, right? Yeah, silly thing like that you just can't, can't have. I mean, I know I hear a lot of, well, kids will be kids. Well, these guys aren't kids anymore. I mean, it's time to – at some point in time, you've got to mature and got to, got to grow up. And, again, I don't think it's going to hurt Jaden a lot, you know, other than having to spend a lot more time with Scott Sinclair probably in the weight room doing a lot of extra running, that sort of thing. But, you know, guys have to, you know, at some point, in my opinion, like start taking a little more responsibility you know, for themselves. And cause I know that I guarantee you this was not another headache that Kirby Smart warned after the tragedy, you know, earlier you know, yeah. this year with Devin Willick and, you know, and, and you know, and all that situation. So, but, you know, it, I say at least, at least this was not, you know, related to the incident. It actually happened like on the 10th of uh, January, a day after the, the championship. But regardless, I mean, it, Kirby Smart doesn't want his players being in the news like that. And, and it, it, just, it just hurts everybody when that, when that happens. No question, no question. Do, do we know anything else new about Deuce Robinson and, and, uh, out west, the tight end who is uh, yeah. still kind of keeping everybody on on alert of when he's going to commit. Well, the biggest thing with him is baseball. I mean, I've seen some uh, projects yeah. of him, you know, having him as a as a as a, as a top hundred pick. I think I think I've seen five number eighty five, and that's going to be a factor with him. I think I do think he will play college football, and I think uh, you know, it's probably between Georgia and USC, you know, right now, but. Baseball is something that this young man is very good at as, as well. Wherever he goes, he's going to play, I think, well, no question, he's going to play both sports. But, um, right now, I, I don't know I don't, what he, I don't know what he's going to do. I keep seeing some projections that have him going to Southern Cal since he's you know, from, from out, out west. But, no, we'll, we'll, we'll see because, again, I think, people, I think most people know that Kirby Smart actually coached his father down at Florida State when Coach was a, a grad assistant down there. So I'm not sure how what kind of effect that will have. All right, we'll see what happens for sure, and uh, we know it's going to be a fun day in the ball yard. Weather okay in Athens for today? It's cloudy right now. I suppose uh, like a forty percent chance of rain later on. Hopefully, it'll hold off. I hope so. I hope so. We'll enjoy the games this weekend, Dash, and yep. we appreciate it as always. And we'll talk with you again next week.
We'll do it. All right, Anthony Nasher, our guest, UGASports.com, getting ready for a big weekend of, of baseball up in Athens. I meant to say this, if you've not heard, Kevin Cross, Kraus, I should say, is the new public address announcer for the Atlanta Braves. He was picked over about 500 people. I love this selection because when we were at a game, I think all three of us were there last year, I was listening and I said, who is that? Whoever it is needs to be the PA announcer. And it was on one of our Friday night trips up there. Do y'all remember that? And and I um, but I said, this guy sounds really yeah. good. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember you pointing that out. I didn't realize that's who it was. Same yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Same guy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because I found out later uh, from uh, when we were there, for, I was there for the playoffs. They wouldn't let y'all in. What did y'all do to them? That uh, we're going to handle that this year. The... <laughs> the problem, uh, you know, obviously the guy died, the PA announcer died, but they had two people, and one of them was the Gwinnett guy who was doing the games. And so I knew from hearing that 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 was the voice because I knew the other guy, and this was the much better. I, I think it's a great pick because, I mean, he was – I listened to him when we went down to the seats later in the game, and I'm like, man, he's really good. So I'm looking forward to hearing him. Well, I'm glad you did, but I'm more of a journalist. I – Pay attention to what's on the field. So, um, since when? You know, I'll I'll try and give him a listen. You know, next time. I tell you what, since you're a journalist, when we go to Florida next month, we gotta be on the lookout for Ian Anderson slider. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'm kind of excited everybody about may need that. To be on the lookout for that. Hey, yeah, that pitch looked kind of funky from that angle they had the camera on, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, hopefully he can get back to putting up the numbers he did in the postseason. And I mean, he struck out Michael Harris and Matt Olson with it. So, yeah. Well, the manager thinks very highly of the slider, and, you know, he's a pretty negative dude, so if he thought. <laughs> thinks very highly of Ian Anderson. He loves Ian Anderson. Yeah, I know it. He loves him. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I was encouraged by that. I mean, that's our fifth starter. Yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about Ian Anderson. I'm really not. I think fifth starter, wonderful. I think he is – give him just a very little while, and he will be a much – Lower number starter than that, but so rate them. I'm, I'm trying not to get excited. Rate them. I'm talking about Soroka. That's the one that turns me on. Well, but I mean, I, he's going to be a trip play to start. Oh man, he's got to be because you've got Max Spencer. They're peeing their pants about Spencer Strider down there. <laughs> yeah. If I got to rate them the top five right now, my five is Charlie Morton. Well, it may be. I mean. Russ, what rate What do you think? Uh, well, Max, for sure. I got to put Spencer's, too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I got to. You certainly I, cannot I, argue with, with him, res- too. With all due respect yeah, to right, I, I mean, my God. Yeah, I mean, I know he won 20-some-odd games last year, but Spencer, I mean, it's just the the, the strikeouts are, are just incredible. I mean, he averaged last year. I, I went and ran it just to see how many strikeouts per inning he averaged. It was one and a half. I mean that's that's insane. So I'm yeah, and I'd go right four. I mean, I'm sorry, three. Charlie four, and then Ian five. Pretty good. Pretty I mean, good. Yeah, I can't. And, I mean, and then in AAA, Mike Soroka, Michael Soroka, Michael, Bryce Elder, Jared Schuster, number one prospect, Dylan Dodd, who caught the eye of some people last weekend when he pitched a live bull, bull, uh, BP, live BP. And then Darius Vines. 
which is five pretty good, pretty pretty good arms. And I'm telling you, they they pitched 31 guys last year on that 162 game schedule. It's a lot of people. So you're going to need a lot of people. Right. You're going to need a lot of people, and you know, I'm pretty feel pretty safe in saying this. Uh, you can verify it. Even your manager thinks you got the best bullpen in baseball. I think so. I think you he's know, pretty happy with that's it. That's a. I mean, that is one hell of a luxury going into the season. We got the best bullpen in baseball. It's the you depth. Know. Yeah, depth's so good. You, you know, scoring seven innings and with that first five that we just said, runs are going to be at a premium. We talk about Georgia and they're copying the Alabama deal. I'm not saying the Braves have copied the Dodgers at all. We're getting ready to have the Dodgers president here in a little bit. But, I mean, the Dodgers are always uh, about depth. They just are all about depth. And where did Alex Antopoulos come from when he was named the general manager? Los Angeles. And he just does a great job of accumulating those players that you know you can count on and you're going to have to count on. Maybe not, not even if, but when. Because that's just how baseball is now. It's a mm-hmm. revolving roster every day almost. We we sit here and laugh all, like when there's not a roster move before we go off there at six o'clock before on the game day. It's like, oh, what the heck happened? You know? Yeah, it just doesn't happen very often. Well, I think you said it best yesterday. It's not the the active roster you have to pay attention to anymore. It's the entire forty man roster is what you really need because all of those guys are going to play. And I was reading that the piece about Ian Anderson, and I had heard this, but forgot. I mean, they, the Braves used eleven starters last year. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. But it's you know, and some of them were uh, like were three of them or two two of them were for one game, I believe. Yeah, but still. But out of the eleven starters that they had, what I think is so great about it is the ones that didn't pitch that much or came up for a cup of coffee, just two or three starts, or something like that. They could pitch other places every day. Oh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. and it's the depth that you're talking about. They're holding on to these guys because we're not going to get anything better. You know, it's just – it's it's kind of crazy. But And you're talking about monitoring the Dodgers. But that's what we did the first time we went that's on right. a run forever. That's right. So the Dodgers kind of copy us. Well, you said that you say that, but Stan Caston was there. W- but he told me, he said – when he came back with the Braves, and he could tell this story, but I'll tell it because he told me. When Ted told him, you're taking over the Braves, he didn't want to. And he didn't have any, really leave him any choice. Stan looked at the Dodgers and how many scouts they had. And he said, holy crap. They had like 10 more scouts than the Braves did. And he hired a bunch of scouts because he knew. And that was, you know, in the mid-'80s when the Dodgers – were under time of sort, and they were getting under out of the Garvey Lopes say Russell days, but they were kind of transitioning. But I mean, they always had strong farm systems. Remember how many rookies of the year they had? They had one every two or three years for crying out loud. Because they, but they had the most scouts. Stan said they had the most scouts, and three years later the Braves had the most scouts. And now what do we have? We don't have the most scouts anymore, which is scary. Which is scary. Well, it's because of dads. All right, we're going to take a break and uh, come back, talk more sports for the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. Back with that and more right after this. Georgia did it again. Back-to-back national champs. You're listening to the Superstations. <laughs> 